Hello and welcome to Pharmacists After Hours, a podcast which explores what interesting and quirky things pharmacists get up to in their spare time. Throughout the series, I'll be speaking to pharmacists across the country about their unique hobbies and pastimes to find out more about those activities and how they fit with the world of pharmacy. This week, I'm joined by Danny Ross, a senior clinical practice pharmacist based in Torquay and an avid underwater photographer. So, Danny, I'm interested to know how you got started in underwater photography specifically. It was back in 2008. I was working in a community pharmacy at the time. Having moved to, say, Devon for that long, and I was talking to my staff, and I said, you know, what I would like to do that's really is actually make the most of the coast, the, the water, the sea, and amongst other things mentioned about maybe scuba diving. Next thing I knew, they bought me like a try dive for my birthday. So they clubbed together, got me like a, a voucher, and um, here I went to go and cash in the guy at the time, and uh, he took me to his pool with all the gear on first time. And then since then, I just really got hooked on it. And it just loved every second of it. What is it about underwater photography specifically that fascinates you more than just kind of normal photography? It's more what we see only on the water. And also the, the fact that you know that not many people would have done what you've done. So it's more like an exclusive hobby, really. And also, when I was younger, I always admired all the Atambra natural history. If I wasn't a pharmacist, I would be a wildlife photographer and go abroad and, you know, on with the BBC crew and filming all sorts, really. And that's what I wanted to do. And being able to do my own thing here on my doorstep, on the water, seeking all those creatures that not many people know about, especially being in UK waters as well, lots of people think, oh, well, there's nothing there. It's murky, it's dark, it's no life. But when you know what to look at, what to look for, and where to look you know, for all those animals and creatures, you know, it's just another word. It's interesting you say that because, you know, I've only ever been scuba diving once and obviously had a guide and we only went down a couple of metres and I saw a handful of things, you know, an octopus, cuttlefish, that sort of thing. How do you know where to look when you're looking for specific things or is it just more of uh, exploring and working out through trial and error? When I started diving, I, you know, it's like to the untrained eye, all you see is well, you don't see much because you're apprehensive a bit, you're scared, you know, you want to be sure that, you know, your body is next to you. So you're not paying attention to all that life which surrounds you. But as you got more confident and you've been dying with your body and who's more experienced and then they can sort of start as a guide and pointing out, oh, this is like a nudibranch. So it says, oh, like um, a spider crab, so it says, you know, a rat. So, and bit by bit, you know, as you got more confident and you, you become more calm and, uh, and actually start opening your eyes to what's around you, so that's when you start recognizing, oh, I've seen that before, I've seen this before, oh, I know what that is. So, and, and that comes with experience and being more relaxed and underwater. I've actually had a look at some of your photos and they all look absolutely beautiful. And I wanted to ask specifically about the photography aspect because, you know, like a couple of years ago, I couldn't take a photo to save my life. They're all blurry, out of focus, you know, or shaky. And doing it underwater must just add to the difficulty. Did you have any kind of 
pre-existing knowledge of photography which helped or is it something you've also had to develop along with the underwater diving? It's something you had to develop really and maintaining and mastering your buoyancy underwater is really important because everything underwater moves. If you have a bit of a wave, you know, if you, anything next to you make the water move, you, you're going to move alongside it and the creatures on that piece of kelp is not going to stay put for you. So you have to <laughs> sort of chase it around and, and, and somehow try to move at the same speed so that, you know, when you take a picture, it's, you know, with the rules of photography or, or physics and, and velocity, you appear to be moving the same speed and therefore your photo will appear sharper rather than blurry and not like a motion shot, really. So yeah, I had, yeah, so I had to calm myself down, stabilize, you know, um, so like slow down my, my breathing as well and just make sure that, you know all the things that I do you know, I do it slowly um, because otherwise because you know, everything's and I said it's moving and that creatures if you take too long as well they're going to move along they're not going to wait for you and I guess also it's, it's a fine balancing act because if you're kind of thrashing around especially with these very small delicate creatures they're just going to shoot off and, and you're not going to get anything that's it, yeah. So, and, and um, you find yourself sometimes you have to, like, you know, almost quite flexible with what you do and, you know, holding on one finger and sort of like, you know, move your body around uh, in, in different positions that, uh, you know, you, I didn't know I could do back then. And also having your, <laughs> all your gear on, you know, the tanks and everything's quite heavy and even on the water, you know, so you're quite restricted in what you can do. So I think being able to have a flexible, body will help as well. And I'm sure if you looked at another photographer trying to take a picture, you know, they never like straight, they're always like contorted and in a position that you, you thought, you know, that wasn't possible, you know, humanly. <laughs> yeah. And one thing that I noticed from kind of looking at the photos that you've posted online, they seem to come from a vast array of different places, you know, kind of across the UK, but also across the world. And it made me think that it, it just seems a, a great excuse to travel and visit beautiful places. I want to ask kind of what was your favorite place that you visited to photograph? I was asked that question before, and every time when I say, actually, I like where I am, where I live in Torquay, because I could just walk down, you know, the road, and in five minutes, I'm there already. And second, what we call shore diving, so you don't need to get a boat or anything like that. You just walk in, and it's there for you. And third, it's a place I know well. I've been, you know, diving here for a long time. I know what to look for, when to look for, because you have season as well. So like a few months ago, you would have all the cuttlefish coming in and mate. You can see them changing colors and laying eggs. And I've got to know actually what to find, when to find it, you know, depending on, on the month of, of, of the year. Um, so the places I've been to, so the, 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 the popular Red Sea, you know, and you know, it's, it's warm, you know, it's like, it's like going like, it's like a bath. The, the water temperature there is 27 degrees. Uh, you, the visibility is about maybe 30 meters. So you can see a long, long way, but you go there for the bigger fish, like sharks and all the different colors and reefs. So, but here in the UK, it's more like, well, okay, the reef is not as good, but it's enough when the creatures you're looking for are tiny, maybe one inch maximum, one centimeter, two centimeters. And I'm talking about the nudibranchs which is like a sea slugs, but they're so colorful. 
And also after we have a variety of animals that come here and where dive in Babacan, we get a lot of other divers coming from different parts of the countries just for that dive site. The other thing that you might want to know as well, after every so often you get all these spider crabs um, coming into the bay. And, and remember that one time when, you know, the, you know wherever you look at under the seafloor, it's just the seafloor was moving because all the spider crabs were there. And again, like it's, it's, it's a phenomenon oh, that wow. doesn't happen very often, but when it happens, it's just magical. Yeah, wow. I didn't realize. And to my mind, underwater diving was quite a solitary pastime. It's something that when you get to a certain level, you did kind of do on your own quite a bit. But I wondered if you had any kind of funny stories from other divers that, that you've encountered or, or even, you know, you've been diving one day and suddenly there's a foot that's come out of nowhere or something like that. Yeah, I had, I had, a, well, we, we had a few scares, you know, I mean, underwater. So you have to be really a safety conscious and make sure that, you know, if you get a you know how to get out because if you get caught in a current and that takes you away from your entry point well and, and you're not familiar with the site that you can you know it can be quite dangerous um and one of those occasions happened a few years ago again so we it was uh, the three of us and uh, we were diving uh, from um the the Torquay pier um so went down the piers it was a sunny day blue sky you know it's it's, you could like you could be anywhere in the world. It's really beautiful, you know, hot weather, calm. So we we went down the pier and you know spent maybe up to an hour uh, taking photography. Um, and then when we came back up, well, things changed a bit. Somehow, you know, the, it was like waves are crashing over the steps, um, and the sky was really dark. And you were like bashed about as well. And I thought that wasn't the place I, you know, I started with. And I got a bit scared, I have to say, because we couldn't make it to the steps. Every time you try to move to the steps with the waves, you know, with the force of the, of the waves, you know, you almost crash against the wall. So I said, right. So I said, and I wish you were, I was holding my camera at the time as well. And I thought, I don't want to, uh, to like, you know, I break the camera or I, do, I want to set my camera as well as myself, you know, and uh, maybe, you know, doing those times. And when, if, you, if you're a diver and a photographer, I think your camera is quite important to you. So may, maybe too important. Uh, and maybe, you know, you should come first. But, you know, at the time, I, thought, I said, I want to set my camera. So whatever the cost. So I was holding to it. So what I had to do then, you know, try to see how often the waves come in and out and time it right and catch one of the waves so that it brings you onto the steps at the right place and not bash you against the wall. I can laugh about it now, but at the time it was really scary. Um, and, and having actually managed to do that and get, go to, go, get out of it alive, you know, actually, you know, your confidence really, you know, was really improved and I can make it. So it was one of those times when it's like the conditions from the beginning and the condition at the end were totally opposite. I guess that's uh, one of the reasons why most people start with a guide yeah. and uh, and have a bit of help to get used to it. I know I mentioned that you've you kind of travelled all over the place to to do your photography, and I wondered how the COVID nineteen pandemic had affected that. With the COVID nineteen, I so thought we couldn't go um, you know abroad. We couldn't go back to the Red Sea, or you couldn't go anywhere else really. So we, I had to. I mean, again, I was lucky, really lucky to be living 
in South Devon, in Torbay, with loads of places to dive from. One of the beaches just five minutes from down the road. We've got the town next door, Tinmouth, and you can do a boat dive. Um, and the, with a boat dive, you, it's, you, can, you can go deeper and you can explore all the all the wrecks from the, um, the Second World War. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so, you know, it's up to 20 metres, 30 metres. It's a different type of dive. So you know, as you go down, it's darker, and, and you, can, you see all those big ships that were sunk years ago. And as like everything else in um, in this world, you know, I mean, nature takes over. So, you know, it's worth a piece of metal, but it's beaming with life under there. And we have Plymouth, you know, if you want to go travel a bit further, further afield. Now, again, you've got Pl- the Plymouth Sound with um, more ships as well. So you now we're lucky where we are, as in, you know, we, we have loads of locations to die from. Wonderful. And I should also mention at this point, as well as underwater photography, you do a lot of nature photography as well, which I, again, found absolutely spellbinding. Some of the panoramas that you've you've managed to capture are completely beautiful. And I wanted to ask, the kind of running theme through all of your photography seems to be nature. I wondered, what was it about nature that interested you so much as a subject matter? I like nature because I'm always fascinated by wildlife and how all the creatures and the plants have adapted themselves to you know to our changing world really. Um, and I also I just like the variety of colours, shapes, um, and and the interaction with nature. So uh, yeah, and, you know, I said before, you know, um, you know, uh, David Attenborough, you know, has. <laughs> That actually inspired me a lot, and also being a pharmacist, now we did a lot of botany and studying about plants, and that actually attracted me. Um, you know, even back then, so I just wanted to, to take pictures of flowers, plants, and small animals, insects, you know, and anything that moves and colourful. I, you know, that that would that would actually attract my uh, my attention, and I would just try and point a lens at it. And sometimes I just find myself like crouching or crawling on the floor under a bush or um. Yeah, yeah, I will follow that creatures and hunt down until I get a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, it's interesting that you, you make the comparison with pharmacy because one question that I ask all my guests is, has your photography or your pastime improved your work? Are, are there any skills that you've kind of taken from it which have improved your work as a pharmacist or even vice versa? Is there something in work that helps you become a better undersea photographer even though they're such different things being able to focus on one subject you know despite everything happening around you so we all worked in a community pharmacy at some point and it's that, that that's like really being in in the battlefield sometimes with everything happening on the front line so you've got the phone ringing customer uh, patient talking to you you've got this staff wanting to ask you a question you have to check your prescription so somehow you need to zone into what you, you know on one single activity, which is say you know um, looking at that newly brand moving about and trying to block out everything else so that you concentrate and focus on one thing and achieve that taking that picture first. And once you have so sort of completed your what you set out to do your activity, then you can move on to the next thing. So I think that has helped me to sort of try and learn and focus on one one thing at the time, you know, and not let everything else sort of like overwhelm you too much. So that's when you start making mistakes. 
And in terms of overwhelming, I mean, it's been an overwhelming year, especially for pharmacists with the pandemic. I wondered how you balance your work and any studies that you do with your, your pastime. Since I've been working in primary care, my working hours are more social hours. Uh, <laughs> so meaning I don't have to stress too much if I don't get there by nine o'clock because the, you know, there's still some, there's always someone there who can, you know, working, you know, they, they you, you don't get to your pharmacy be, and we're having 20 people queuing up already. And that will set you in a good mood to start with, you know, because if you go to your workplace and you're two minutes late and you have 20 people waiting, you're going to be really in a bad mood for the rest of the day and really stress out. And also, you know, I'm finishing, say, half four, five o'clock. I haven't got the time to go and um, get my dive gear on and drive down to the beach and to just go and, and try and relax a bit more, really. Working in primary care has allowed me to do more things. It's just be more relaxed as well and not having to worry about everything else. I wanted to ask, part of this podcast series is about showing interesting, unique, quirky pastimes to other people who might be interested in them. And I wanted to ask if there was a, a novice who came to you and they wanted to get involved, how, how would they get started? Go and see where your dance centres are, get in touch with them, ask questions and um and just say, you know, you, you can ask for a try dive, so with no obligation at all. So what is about, they take you to a pool and get you with a breathing, a BCD, which is a buoyancy device control, and the tank on, you know, and you can practice it in a safe environment. Go for it. You know, even if you're a bit apprehensive and say, I'm not a good swimmer, you don't need to be a good swimmer as such. You know, you, you know you're not at the Olympics there. So you've got people around you to get you safe. You know, you've got something that keeps you afloat. And then it will allow you also to get a better idea of how you cope under pressure in a different environment. And if you can actually overcome that, you come out a better man and stronger man as well. I would say, don't be scared. Just go ahead. Go for it. Wonderful. That preempts my final question, which is another one that I ask everyone, which was, if you had someone who's listened to this podcast, they're like, oh, this sounds fascinating. This sounds right up my alley. I'm an amateur photographer. And, you know, I really want to get under the water and, and start photographing things. If someone's kind of on the edge, what would you say to them to convince them to give it a go? Everyone have got their own boundaries. And I would say, open yourself up to new adventures. Because you know, not many people would have done that. And if you can do that, you'll be so proud of yourself. So I would say, just go for it and don't look back. Well, what a fantastically motivating sentiment to end on. I want to say a massive thank you to Danny Ross for joining me on the Pharmacist After Hours podcast to talk about underwater photography, and thank you for listening. Next time, I'll be joined by Professor Parastu Donyai, an academic pharmacist and very artistic crocheter. In the meantime, if you'd like to hear more, visit the CND website at chemistandruggist.co.uk. 